Welcome to Van Lathan's The Red Pill, where we give you the brutal reality, truth. We have a fantastic guest on the podcast today. But before we get to our fantastic guest, who I've been a fan of for years and years and years, I want to talk about the most important thing um, that is happening today, uh, which is today is the vote. It is Tuesday. This podcast is being uploaded. It is Tuesday. The vote is today. And in several states, districts, counties around America, um, American citizens are going to have the opportunity to make their voices heard, um, to decide the way they want their future to go. We talk incessantly about what's wrong with America. Uh, we know as a community, as an American community, as a black community, as a Latino community, as an LGBT community, um, as a transgender community, we know exactly what's wrong. There are candidates out there right now that are standing for and pushing platforms that are about what's right. The, you have advocates, you have people who are progressive, who are willing to listen, and who are also willing to reach across the aisle to people they may not actually agree with to come to a word that Americans have forgotten, compromise. There are certain things that we can't relent on, but then there are other things to where a little bit of their voice needs to be heard and a little bit of our voice needs to be heard. Now, in anything that's dealing with our humanity and our civil rights, you know, we ain't compromising shit. But in terms of the way the country is governed from a fiscal standpoint, the way the country is governed, uh, you know, from, I guess, a social standpoint, there are things, voices to be heard on both sides of those. And we have candidates that are pragmatic enough and even killed enough in a, in a, in a multitude of different places uh, that can do that. There are two races, one in Florida, one in Georgia, where you have some fantastic candidates, Andrew Gillum and Stacey Abrams. There is, of course, a gigantic race in Texas uh, with Beto O'Rourke. Um, we have to do more than just march and protest and tweet and retweet and like and follow. We have to take an active interest in the political process in order to place advocates where we need them to be. Is voting a cure-all to what ills us? Absolutely not. Is it part of the potion? It most certainly is, and it's a vital part of the potion. I am urging people in Georgia, urging people in Florida, get out and support these people who are dedicated to the future of your state who are looking to reverse things that have directly led to the deaths of African-American youth. If, you, if you're talking about stand your ground laws and things like that that allow uh, black men to be executed on the streets of Florida while their assailants have absolutely zero repercussions. We know what went down down there. We don't have to re-litigate uh, that. You're talking about a guy who wants to re-examine that. Who wants to say you can't be provoked and then followed, followed, shall I say, and then provoked and then led into a confrontation, then shot and then have that person cop a plea. There are all kinds of issues that Andrew Gillum and Stacey Abrams are championing. All types of they need you to help them. And I'm urging you to get out and do it. 
Um, not just those two races. Those are the glitzy ones, the ones at the top that everybody, all the celebrities are talking about. I'm talking your state and your local uh, governmental elections that are going on right now. I'm talking about the issues that affect your community, the people that have pledged um, that they're going to be there for you. Empower those people, then hold them accountable. This, to me, is the moment where we're going to find out if everybody is actually about what they say they're about. This, to me, is the moment where we're going to finally see which communities and which people are actually dedicated to the advancement of their cause. Because it doesn't take any effort to get up and do this. They're, they're counting on the fact that you won't. They're banking on the fact that you don't care enough, that you're too lazy and that you're too distracted to get up, go to that polling place and be a part of this American process. They're banking on it. Don't let them win. Listen, apathy is not the answer. It's not the answer. Not participating is not the answer. Standing on the sidelines is not the answer. Voting, making your voice heard, getting out there in masses. I want to see Wakanda in these voting booths. Y'all all went out to see Black Panther. Great. I want to see Black Panther in Florida. I want to see Black Panther in Georgia. I want to see Black Panther all over these places, man. How you going to build Wakanda if you don't have the right leader? Now, fortunately, we don't have anything as cool as a, <laughs> as a tribal battle to decide our, our leaders. This is our tribal battle. Our tribal battle is in the ballot box. Our warrior falls is at the polls. Go put T'Challa in place. I, can't, I hate that I have to bring everything back to Black Panther. <laughs> but, go, <laughs> but please, man, I'm begging y'all to go vote. What, what the hell? I, just please do it. For the love of God, vote, please. All right, now, uh, today's podcast, Mikot Brooks, actor, musician. You know this brother from a lot of different things, man. Um, I first saw him when my mama and my grandmother and my sister uh, were watching True Blood, and they were all about eggs. Eggs, 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 eggs. All you heard about was goddamn eggs, man. And it's really crazy because my sister is a lesbian, and she was still on eggs. She was trying to give the eggs to eggs. That's how this guy was. Now he is on Supergirl. Uh, he's playing Jimmy Olsen. And we talk about a lot of different things. We talk about how he manages to stay sane in Hollywood. You guys, you see these, these uh, performers that you love crack up and flip out in Hollywood. That's because it's not easy to stay sane here. How has Mikhail Brooks done it? What is it like playing a classic character, Jimmy Olsen, who's who he plays on Supergirl, that has now been turned into a black character? Jimmy Olsen, little nerdy guy. Mikhail Brooks, six foot five, ex model type of guy. How, what does he think about that entire thing as far as making comic book characters um, into minorities in order to sort of bring them up to date? A lot of people are against it. Uh, a lot of people are for it. We also talked to him about how some of his experiences in his life um, have allowed him to maintain not just his sanity, but his happiness. There's a growing conversation about mental health uh, in African-American country as African-American communities right now. A lot of it talks about being healthy. But there has to be a conversation also about how we become happy. 
how we how we find and grasp our happiness. Uh, Mikad has all kinds of of answers on that, and we just talk about a lot of different other stuff too, man. The dude's a cool guy to talk to, so um, I want you to do me a favor: vote first, then listen to this podcast. Vote first. If you have to skip this podcast this week to vote, we appreciate y'all. And the podcast is growing, man. We lit out here in these streets. I don't want anything to stop you from voting right now. I'm not fucking around. Like, I need you to vote, man. I better vote. Mika Brooks is not here yet. Um, but speaking of actors and movies, we have a spectacular movie to promo this week from the visionary filmmaker Spike Lee, the writers Charlie Watchell, David Rabinowitz, Spike Lee, and Kevin Wilmot comes the incredible true story of an American hero. In the early 1970s, Ron Stallworth, played by John David Washington, you know that brother from Ballers, becomes the first African-American detective in the Colorado Springs Police Department. Determined to make a difference, he bravely sets out on a dangerous mission to infiltrate and expose the Ku Klux Klan. He recruits a seasoned colleague, Flip Zimmerman, played by Adam Driver, into the undercover investigation. Together they team up to take down the extremist organization, aiming to garner mainstream appeal. Produced by the team from the Academy Award and Get Out, produced by the team behind the Academy Award winning Get Out, Black Klansman offers an unflinching True Life Examination of Race Relations in 1970s America. This movie is rated R. Available now on digital, on 4K Ultra HD, Blu-ray, and DVD on November 6th. So it's available now on digital. But 4K Ultra HD, Blu-ray, and DVD November 6th. From Universal Pictures Home Entertainment, I saw Black Klansman in the theaters twice. It is a fantastic movie and a return to form for one of the finest filmmakers of our generation, Spike Lee. All right, we've done all of that now. Let's talk to Mikad. Clap for the homie Mikad Brooks, man. Hey. Clap for him. I should get off my phone, sorry. You know what I'm saying? We're talking about a man with credits. We're talking about a guy, really. First of all, before we even start this, um, I got stunned on again. This is like the third or fourth time I've been stunned on <laughs> since I've been doing the Red Pill podcast. So Makai was driving in, and we got, I'll let you guys know, we have two parking lots here at TMZ. We have a front one where all the guests and all the rich executives park, and then we have a back one where all the employees park, okay? So a lot of times when people are coming to the podcast, they make a mistake and go to the back parking lot. It happens uh, quite often. Yeah. Um, so apparently Makai, he did this. And so I'm in the front waiting with the bright green sweatshirt on. I see you. I see. And I see the Rolls Royce. And I am go, yo, yo, man, are you in a fandom? And he goes, nah, fam, it's a ghost. <laughs> basically. I like accuracy. That's what you said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And basically it's like, yo, I don't speak broke nigga language is what he's saying. No, no, no. He was saying, get in the name of my car right, because what do I have in the parking no, lot? No, no, no. No, 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 nothing my ass. I have a trusty and dependable Honda Accord Cross Tour. While Jimmy Olsen over here <laughs> is in the motherfucking coast. <laughs> Listen, it's also a hundred thousand dollar difference. So I was, I was, I was humbling myself. He's like, "Oh, which car is more expensive?" The Phantom. Oh, see, I don't, I have no yeah. idea what you're talking about. Phantom, I was like, "No, nah, no, nah, bro, that's 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 above my level." Oh, so the, you just on the on the ghost on the level ghost right, level. Now, right a, now? Yeah, I'm a, I'm a operation. What's good with you, bro? 
Everything, man. Life is good. I'm, I'm, I'm the most grateful person you ever want to meet. Yeah. Because you know why you're grateful? Why's that? Because you're working. That's part of it. That's part of it. It's only part of it. But tell me why. Tell me some of the other reasons. I love to ask to get this question answered from people. Um, obviously, we know you from all kinds of different things. We know you from Desperate Housewives. This is really where you kind of got your breakout situation. You would right. say Desperate Housewives, or would you say that it was? I, true I, blood? I would say I shot Glory Road before Desperate Housewives, but Desperate Housewives, I think, was the first time people saw me. Where'd you shoot Glory Road at? New Orleans, New Orleans, and yeah. and uh, Baton Rouge. Where I'm from, in El Paso. By the, I'm from Baton Rouge. From Baton Rouge. By the way, oh, they wouldn't let me work on Glory Road. Why? I tried to come work on Glory Road, try to get a job on the set, couldn't get a job. They were afraid you're gonna tell everybody off. <laughs> no, I remember when they were shooting Glory Road because they shot part of it at, uh, at, at like uh, LSU. LSU. Yeah, it was yeah, shot LSU. For like two weeks at LSU. Right. So, but you were like 12. No, I'm 37. I'm oh, 38. Okay, we're same age. Oh, 38. We're same. Yeah, yeah. So the Glory Road was a I'll big be 38 deal. 38 in two days. 38, that's what I'm talking about, 1980, yeah. man. It's a good year. It's a, it's a good vintage. So with all of that <clears> stuff, <throat> tell me why you're thankful and why you're grateful. I'd like to know what people are grateful for. Mm. The career you say is only one part of it. What, are, what it's is a it? Very, it's a very minor part of my, of my gratitude, actually. Interesting. Uh, my life. Mm. The fact that, I mean, I know this sounds really cliche, but, but the fact that you can breathe and you can I walk on two legs and I have the consciousness to, to be able to be grateful for things. Mm -hmm. that, to me, that is, that's why I wake up every morning. Right. Um, long story short, like I, I've been through a lot of things in my life where uh, I, I died. I flatlined. May 20th, 2009. I passed away. And um, Whoa, I had never heard this. What, what's, what, was, what was with that? I was on True Blood at the time, okay. or as your grandma calls eggs. Eggs. My yeah. grandmother calls yeah. it eggs. So I had, I had my own show on HBO called Eggs. Eggs. Yeah. His grandma's mine. My grandmother <laughs> and my mom uh, and my sister, who's a who's a lesbian, but who, I guess this nigga was just so sexy that she decided, <laughs> fuck it, uh, for Sunday an hour, I'm just gonna take a break. <laughs> And I'm gonna take off my Tims uh, <laughs> <laughs> for one hour on Sunday, oh, uh, just uh, just to just to uh, reconnect. And they were all sitting down there calling eggs. I'm like, "What's eggs? It's true, that's, blood." But that, tell them I said thank you. I, I that, definitely that, that, means, that means a lot to me. They gonna hear this. They probably gonna listen. They're probably what, listening to it right what's now. Crystal Ellis. Crystal Ellis. And no, nigga, don't talk thank to my you mom. So much. Wait, wait, wait! No, don't talk. Just talk to my mom. This is eggs saying hi. So what? Tell us what happened. Well, what was the story with that? Man, it was it was. Uh, so I, I had I had been in Africa, like a, a couple years before that. Yeah. And so I, I got this amoebic antimicrobial parasite, which is a water-based parasite, and I didn't realize I had it for two years. Um, Damn. Norm yeah. Normally, within six months, if you don't get treatment, mm -hmm. you die. So I was already a medical anomaly. I had I didn't even know I had it though. You know what I'm saying? I had a bunch of other medical complications that were happening, in and out of the hospital. Uh, lost about 40 pounds in a month. Yeah. And you didn't know, like, when this was happening, you had no inclination. I checked myself into the hospital. I was like, I was like, tell me what the fuck's wrong. Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, and so they, they did every test under the sun and they couldn't figure it out. Mm -hmm. And then so finally they thought it's probably cancer or something like that, right? So um, they found something on my liver, which was an abscess. And like, not to get too medical uh, inclined here, but it's like, it's, it's where your liver develops a hole. Sure. And then it balloons around itself trying to protect it. Sounds delightful. It was, it was an experience. Right. Everywhere blood goes hurt. Your hair, your, your eyes, the inside of your eyelids, the ears, I mean, the, the gums. 
everything hurt. And I just wanted that to stop. And so, like, uh, I was on an IV drip of, of, of the drugs that Michael Jackson was on. Don't even remember the name. I think it's Propofol. called like, Propofol. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Okay. Well, you know you should. Work here at TMZ. That's right. <laughs> I was on an IV drip of that. Right. They put in a parasite medication that I was allergic to, had an allergic reaction, crushed the vitals. And I, um, I crossed over. And that was May 20, 2009. May 20th, 2011. I got hit by a car. I was minding my own business, sitting in my car in Atlanta. Mm -hmm. I got hit by a car going head on 65 miles an hour. Same day, two years later. Right. And that put me into a coma for three days while I was shooting another show. Damn. Then I had to relearn how to read on that show. So, and then I've, you know, I've, had, a lot, I've had other experiences that we, we won't get into, but the, I guess what I'm saying is the reason I'm grateful mm -hmm. is much different than I think what people see you know, about me and go, oh, okay, you're probably grateful for this. I'm like, nah, yeah. that ain't got nothing to do with it. Yeah. My gratitude comes from ha having a connection with Source and having a connection with with my consciousness and my spirit and having a daily relationship with that. So mm. that's that's where my gratitude comes from. How do you, how does a near-death experiences like that, um, one that's medical and one that's more, I guess, sort of uh, mm. incidental, mm. how does that realign your purpose? Because mm. you might have thought before that you were here to do something, but now you yeah, gotta know, right? I, I, yeah, I mean, it makes you it makes you release the old ideas of who you thought you were. Mm. It makes you question every uh, aspiration or every every everything that you thought was important, right. right? So all the shit that 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 you're gonna be worried about, let's say, God forbid. Somebody in this room passes away April 18th, 2052, right? right? Long time from now. I feel safe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So April 17th, my friend, you're not going to really know. You're going to have all these ideas in your head that aren't going to matter on the 18th. They're not. not going to give a shit. You're not going to care about that argument you had. Right. You're not going to care about that, 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 that part of the career that, you know, you didn't really pursue. You're not going to care about this and this and that. You're going to care about one thing. You're going to care about. Did you fulfill the agreement that your soul made with your body before you got here? Mm. Like, I know that sounds whatever, but it, it really is the only thing that's going to matter to you at the end. That's your last conscious thought. Did I fulfill the agreement that my soul made with my body before I got here? How do we know what that agreement is, though? Because I'm not going to lie. You're fulfilling it. I'm fulfilling it? Yeah. It's in your presence. It's in your energy. Because it's, it's, it's the way you carry yourself, mm -hmm. Mr. Lathan after you spoke up to somebody that everybody's afraid of. Mm. You're a truth teller. You're a truth seeker. You're a transformative idea person. You want to see a different world. That You want to leave a different world for your children. That's very true. Right. And but I still delete my browser history, though. That's cool. We, we should all do that. <laughs> yeah. We should all do that. I, is that, that part of the that. truth, yeah. I don't want nobody to know. <laughs> we should all do that, because right. that's disgusting. Right. That's fucking, <laughs> that is a dumpster fire of fucking ideas. <laughs> And we should not, no one visit my browser history either. Right. Mine is, mine is horrible. Right. Um, but you, you can tell when someone's living the truth because they're carrying themselves in a certain way and they have a certain confidence that comes from a place of, of not, not the sum of your experiences, but, but the center of your spirit. Mm. And you have that. I appreciate that, brother. Yeah. So, so, so you, you know how to hear it. It's just that small voice that we kind of overlook all the time. Yeah, it, it's, it's interesting because, you know, almost everyone in L.A., and I speak specifically to L.A. because people come out here with a dream and things that they want to accomplish. 
Um, and there's and sometimes people come out here and they're actually looking to rebuild who they are, right? Based upon right ideas of who they thought they were right. from where they where they came from. Absolutely, that was me. Right, that was me. Talk about that. That was. I mean, I came out to LA for the right reasons because you were you were a, you were an athlete before, an and athlete. your dad was an athlete, right? right? Right, right. So what what did you who did you think you were gonna be before you became who you are? I, I'm, but I'm still not who I am. You're still not there. No. You're no, building. No, I mean, I mean, I think the purpose of this whole thing is to build until the day you die. Mm. <laughs> if you, if you, if you like, I got it. Will Smith ain't got it. Will Smith is not like I'm where I want to be. I'm not gonna lie. Will Smith might have it. No, no, no. Here's the thing. <laughs> like, like, Will Smith and Barack and The Rock. Yeah, that rhymes. Those, those are the closest they, guys. They, they, they pretty close. I'm saying they're pretty close. <laughs> yeah, but, but they still have aspirations <laughs> and they still have dreams and they still have hopes. Man, Will Smith, get out the way. What else can you do, nigga? It's our turn. <laughs> like, like that's like. No, but he, Will, Will can run for office. Well, Will he, can do so many. Will, like do. Will, like Will that's is Will a, a, is, is a living, him. breathing we, inspiration. Yeah. Will, if you're not listening. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, he's probably listening. Yeah, is he? Nah, he's probably not. Um, so, you know, how do you how do you mesh the because you have a thriving career, you're doing a lot of different things. How do you personal growth and career growth mm -hmm. the balance? When I was younger, still feel young. When I was younger, I, I felt like I got I got success. It, success came quickly, but it wasn't easy. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm -hmm. like I, I had to work my ass off for it. And then when I when I when I got it, I felt like I lost it for a little while. Then had to had to re up again, right? So like, made a bunch of money, had a bunch of success with Desperate Housewives and Glory Road and this kind of stuff. Especially at 24 years old, that's super young. You're like, man, it's amazing. Mm. And you and you're all taking dumb pictures, saying dumb shit you don't know anything about. Mm. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah. And this in this adult world where you're still sort of a child in and, 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 and you make mistakes and I spent too much money and I, I and I, I did dumb shit and, and I went through everything that people at 24, 25 who, who are getting six figure checks went through, right? right? And then um, as time went on and, and I thought that I, I was supposed to, you know, okay, so I have to balance out my life with, I have financial and, and career success but I need to balance this out with making myself miserable, don't I? I need to balance, I need to balance this out somehow karmically by, by hurting myself with hmm. my relationships, don't I? Hmm. So it's like, that, and that was my struggle. That doesn't mean everybody goes through it, but I'm saying I had this karmic balance of, of, of inviting uh, uh, misery into my life. And, 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 and Purposefully? I, th I, think, I think unwittingly, okay. and I think, I think subconsciously in some ways because I had a lot of loss uh, in my family, like I, I lost my little brother, he was murdered when, mm. I, when I was 19, he was 17. And so there was always something where I, was, I wanted to hold on to people for too long sometimes. Yeah. And like there was, there was a lot of loss and a lot of trauma, but I, but I actually had this conversation earlier with my girl, like um, when, you, when you don't deal with trauma, you have this thing that I, I refer to as a trauma reservoir, right. like a savings account of trauma, right? Yeah. And if you don't deal with it, and then something else happens, something traumatic happens, could be little, could be big, you just throw that on top of the, 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 the last account balance. Mm -hmm. And so now you're dealing with all that trauma at once, all, every single time you, you delve into that trauma. Mm -hmm. So that was me. And it was like I was trying to fix something with my career, but I just found myself empty. Super, mm. super empty. Even, even super after empty. you blew up off. Empty. You're everywhere. Everybody's empty. talking about you. You're empty. Empty. The, the emptiest I've ever been. 
A lot of people say that, but then you know what the crazy thing is? There's so many people out there searching for the emptiness that you have because they think that how could I fucking be unhappy when I'm all <clears> over <throat> the TV, I'm on the biggest show mm -hmm. on TV, everybody is talking about mm -hmm. me. I'm, I'm sure you were hitting up, well, fuck, it was 09, so you was in Sky Bar, you mm -hmm. was all over the place, you're doing all of these things, mm -hmm. and yet it wasn't enough. No, I mean, like you, you said something really interesting. You said that people are searching for that emptiness. They are. I'd like to amend that statement if I could. I don't think they're searching for the emptiness. I think they already have the emptiness, and they're trying to get out of it in the wrong way. Hmm. You feel me? Like I it's almost, you. it's almost like we all have that emptiness inside of us, but there's certain, there's certain ways to to fill up those empty spaces with positive things, and there's certain ways to fill up those empty spaces with running on a treadmill, basically, yeah. and just making money. Or fame or that kind of thing is running on a treadmill because mm -hmm. as you as we all know you know money's not yours right you just borrowing that shit. Nick Cannon just said that man. money's not yours and I, and I said the it same thing to him that I said I'm about to say to you that's what niggas would go say <laughs> <laughs> like like Nick Cannon was in here Nick Cannon Nick Cannon came in here last week got dropped off and looked at somebody and was like yo I'll be done in about an hour and a half all right I'll be right back out here. Chill. What's up, Van? How you doing? Told somebody to wait for him while he came in here. Shout out to that guy, Nick Cannon's dude, seven. I'm sure you came in 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 a in a in a in a, in a ghost, and you're telling me and the rest of the broke niggas out here, because Maddie, look at Maddie, my producer. Right. Maddie's up, Maddie? fucking broke. <laughs> Listen. Like Maddie is broke. Look, look at Maddie. Like Maddie, you broke as fuck, aren't but, you? But can I say something about me? You ain't me? got no HBO residual checks, do you? But can I can I Are we can gonna I... listen to this rich nigga tell us <laughs> that the key to life is not in a ghost? If that's the case, why you ain't a smart car? Because <laughs> smart cars are not safe. Um, <laughs> that's really, that a really bad car accident. So th this, th this, there's, there's a way to rectify that. A, let's let's talk so, about it. Listen, Eggs. So Maddie being broke, broke is, as fuck. Broke it's really fuck. Maddie being broke as fuck. Embarrassing broke as fuck. It's yeah. fine. Because broke is temporary. Broke is a, broke is a mind state. <clears throat> poverty is a condition, right? So. If, we, if we're in poverty, we're in a system that we probably can't get out of. Mm -hmm. That's all there is to it. Yeah. If you're broke, that can change. You can change that. That yeah. can change overnight. Mega millions. <laughs> that can change overnight yeah, like that. You know what I'm saying? That can change overnight by, by, by you figuring out a blue ocean strategy of, of how, do I, how do I fill this niche in society that should have already fucking been happening. Mm -hmm. You're doing that now. Mm -hmm. You're going to be in a ghost in two, three years. I yeah. guarantee it. Yeah, well, we'll like, see. Like, I mean, I'll be asking for you for money. Like, right. I'm like, <laughs> and I'm going to be like, hey, yo, Van, there's you, no such thing as money. Hey, Van. When you might, ask me for money, I'm going to be like, there's no money. There's no money. It's all temporary. <laughs> So I'll temporary your ass I, out of here. <laughs> so temporary ask somebody else. Right, right. <laughs> but that, that's dope. Like for for someone who's who who's as evolved, like, do you struggle with sort of yes. um <laughs> I'm saying seriously, yeah, yeah, do you yeah. struggle with living in a world or specifically in a city in LA where all of these other things are so paramount to everyone else? It's so important to everybody else. These things that you're saying are unimportant. Like everybody, like you go on Instagram. But, everybody's trying to prove something okay. or, or, or or put something out there. Like like I said, there's 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 a way to reconcile those things. Like for instance, the reason I have the re the reason I, I buy things that I can afford, mm -hmm. one is because I can and right. I worked really hard. I came to LA with three hundred dollars. Right. Three hundred dollars. Mm 
Mm. I was broke as fuck. Maddie. Broke like Maddie type. I was broke. Maddie broke, nigga. Yeah. I, yeah, see, sure, see, you was rich. Yeah, I'd have yeah. been borrowing money from you, and right, then I got robbed, so I had one fifty. Right. right. How much bad shit has talked has ha happened to you, bro? It, it's it's all good, actually, because it, it made me into the person I am. Like mm -hmm. it was really difficult while it happened. Sure. But but I thank the universe, and I'm grateful for the lessons because it's made me so fucking strong, man. Yeah. Like, now no, you know you can. There's handle nothing it. you can take from me that's gonna matter. Yeah. Not one thing mm -hmm. that hasn't been taken from me already. Right. So. What I'll say is like the reason that I do surround myself with nice things um, is because I want, I, I do, I really, I believe this. I want other people to know you can do it too. Dope. Like somebody pulls up to me next to me in the, in the car, like on the way here, they're like, oh, the dope car said, you can get it. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I said, you can get it. He's like, yeah, I can get it. Yeah. And it's just, it's just, we all know this. It's just a reminder, right? It's a reminder. So to answer your question about how do I, yes, I struggle like a motherfucker living in, in, a, in a world not just a city, a world that is so consumed with consumerism mm -hmm. and with capitalism as a religion in some ways, right? Mm -hmm. Like we're, we're looking at Khashoggi who was murdered by the Saudi crown. Mm -hmm. Like that's that's a that that's the, how that government works. It comes from the top down. That's, High that's level it. crime, yeah. That's it. And we're saying no sanctions. We got we got we got a hundred billion dollars in business because of money. Yeah, a hundred billion dollars in business is nothing to the United States. Mm -hmm. That's nothing. That's another ghost from Nick Cannon. That's nothing. <laughs> <laughs> That's nothing. Right. So it's it's almost like we're, we're coming into a place where I feel like we we are losing um, with the true human narrative of value, which mm -hmm. is: Are you expanding your consciousness? Fuck a bank account. Mm -hmm. You can expand a bank account by being an evil piece of shit. Yeah. You can expand a bank account with a good idea. Mm -hmm. uh, you, you can expand a bank account in a good way or a bad way, but expanding one's consciousness is going to help you get that money. Mm -hmm. it's, yeah. it's true. It's absolutely true. Knowledge of self. Yeah. Um, are you competitive in Hollywood with the rest of the brothers be. and the actors? I used to be. You used to be. I used to be. You were mad on that. Because that, that, like, with the... I'm, 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 I'm asking because all the actors that I talk to mm -hmm. tell you different stories about just what a cutthroat game it is and then being a brother it's horrible. it must be even tougher because there are less slots one of the, the first podcasts we did was with a real good friend of mine tay diggs mm -hmm. and I know tay is my guy he's a good guy and tay was just talking about <clears throat> how rough it is out there and he seems to have kind of gotten past all of that well, yeah tay's the name tay, tay is tay diggs you know what i'm saying like, yeah and like and if you don't know who tay diggs is the, the you know you're in Iowa somewhere and and but you you go oh that guy yeah 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 so like if you can point to somebody and go oh hey that's that's that guy yeah that guy's a millionaire yeah <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, that, yeah that guy's doing well right. so um look Hollywood's in America America's racist mm. do the math right it's like it, it, and I don't think that. I wouldn't say I wouldn't go as far as to say Hollywood is racist. I would say he that, did. He said out and out that Hollywood was racist. Yeah. Okay. Well, his perspective uh, is based on some of his experiences. However, yeah. mine is that I, I don't think that they understand that they're being racially exclusive. Mm. Because here's the thing: if you live a monochromatic existence, right, meaning like if you only see the same skin tone people all day. And the only person outside of that skin tone that you see works at Starbucks or does your lawn or right. blah, 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 blah. You just, those people just aren't on your mind, right? right? So it's almost like a, um, it's almost like a, a friendly, yo, like fuck the inclusion thing. Yeah. 
inclusivity is bullshit because this country is not inclusive. This country is diverse. So don't include me in shit. Make your cast diverse. Mm. Make your producers diverse. Make your executives diverse. Once this diversity happens, then then we'll have automatic inclusion. Yeah, it will, you don't even need to. It'll be a reflex. It'll, it'll be the way life is. Right. <laughs> like, because yeah, it's, just, it's it, funny because Mel- Megyn Kelly today um, was on her show mm-hmm. and she was talking about how she didn't really understand what the big deal was with blackface, right? There's a whole panel of people. She said that. She said that today. She's like, she didn't understand what the big deal was with blackface. And a whole panel of people in there talking to Megyn Kelly. And the one thing that struck me. huh? Surprised. Yeah. And the one thing that struck me about that is there are no black people on the panel. There's no diversity on the panel talking about an issue that needs as as much cultural and historical context as that. Um, I wonder if Megyn Kelly's daily life mirrors what it was that she put on her television show therefore how could she know like it, it, that, that's something that you would come to well the, intellectually maybe right but the reality is i'm not giving her a pass what i'm saying is the more people that you surround yourself that have a different perspective of, than you the more likely you're under you, you are to understand just how fucked up something is that really offends people in that matter absolutely and and I'll I'll say this to to your point to that same point though you gotta be a dumbass at this point not to know somebody gets fucked up with blackface once a year. Listen, I mean, I don't know where you're living if you don't know, if you don't understand that concept. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But but which is why I said that's surprising. It would be like us having a panel on sexual assault towards women yeah. with just men. Just men. Going like, oh, I don't really think that's sexual assault. I don't really know if that's who fuck. Who fucking cares what like, you guys yeah, think is just sexual assault? Right. Yeah. So so I think I think the problem we have in this country is, is all right, so we have this, we have this awesome power, right? And humans have had it for 70,000 years called fictive language, right? Mm-hmm. And we have, and that means that I have the ability to have an imaginative thought and then communicate it to other members of the tribe. That's the name of the podcast. Fictive language. All right. I'm serious. Because right, cool. I'm going to forget, but that's the name of the podcast. All right, cool. Yeah. Um, so we have this awesome power, and, and it, it is the most awesome transformative power the world has ever seen because mm-hmm. we, we, we took that. Because basically when you have an, a, an imaginative concept that you can communicate to other people, you can gather power around that concept. Got gotcha. you. And then that power creates consciousness of that concept, which makes it real. Mm-hmm. Racism is fictive. Mm-hmm. doesn't exist. It's in people's imaginations. Hmm. And then they've made it real. Race really is as well. Absolutely. And it's pretty fucking new. It's pretty new. It's only from the last ice age. Hmm. Uh, Gender inequality is a fictive concept. Hmm. It it only exists in people's heads. And then we've put power behind it to try to prove its realness, right? Hmm. So like we've done all these things. And so I think when you, when you have, when you have someone like a, you know, like a Megyn Kelly saying something like that, she's a product of this, this, these fictive concepts of what whiteness is. Mm-hmm. And so she's speaking from a place of privilege and, and really shouldn't be touching on the subject without somebody who understands it. Right. Yeah, it's just, it's just that's, that's, she's fictionalizing something that's, that feels real to somebody feels, else. Feels in, incredibly real to someone else. Right, right. Um, it's depressing. Yeah, it's the, it, it, incredibly, it, it what, Growing up in Louisiana, you know, uh, yeah, you already know. so 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 growing up in Louisiana, I would tell people all the time, these little arguments and and uh, debates that you guys have, 
they would affect my daily life. Right. Like, and they, and not just my daily right. life, but the understanding and the input that I got from older generations of people who were so aware of the dangers that existed just inherently from blackness. So they would tell you, yo, just know when you go out, this could happen. No matter what you do, this could happen. Right. So be ready for it. Right. So all of these other little things that you're talking about, like, like they would really affect just the my daily walk in life. Yeah. Being out here where things are seemingly so much more liberal mm. was they're not. it's I know, they're, they're not. not. Was mm. it a shock to you when you got out here and saw that some of the common threads still existed? Yes. And I'll say this too, like the, the, the part that's the most shocking to me is that the intransigence The of, fuck does that mean, dog? The the what, the, 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 what is he talking about? What is, who is, what is this guy? You can't you you can't outword Van. He just outworded Van. Like what the, like what 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 does that word what, what what does that word mean? The what? Intransigence means uh, the inability to move thought or action. Nigga, so, just so, say that next time. So well, so ne- <laughs> So it's, 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 it's not so good. It's it's, yeah. it's 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 the opposite of inertia. It's the it's the it's the immobility of thought. Okay, so it's like cool. If you were to tell you to tell me something and try to and try to get me to help you like clean up the beach, yeah. and I I helped you fuck it up, I was like no, yeah, and then I stood in your way. Right. Not not only was I like no 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 I'm not gonna help you, but you I stood were, in your way. Yeah, you That's were, intransigent. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. So impeding and, me from doing what I want. Correct. To do. Yeah. With with. with with the power that I have to do that. Yeah. Uh, now I forgot, I forgot what the fuck we talked about. No, I was, it was, it was, no, I'm sorry. I, I no, drove you No, it was great. Sorry. I was talking about uh, your reaction to uh, right, right, experiencing right, right, some right. of those same things in Los Angeles. People's, the, the, some of the liberal community in California's inability to even accept that they may be bigoted is the issue. Mm. So I come from the South. Motherfuckers racist. You know it. You know it. You know it. No. I can respect that. Right. Like it's right. I'm like, I'm like oh, oh, you, you believe in your racism. Right. You stand in it. Yeah. Cool. You're mentally ill. Right. I mean, really, racism is, is a mental illness. Mm-hmm. Like it, like it, disagree or not, it doesn't take your participation to make it true. Racism is a mental illness. If you, if somebody were, were to walk down the street and go, man, we got to stop these leprechauns from fucking these zebras. <laughs> It's, a, it's an epidemic. Right, right. They out here just hitting them. Just, just, just. They ain't even asking. They right. just fucking these zebras. Right. Man. <laughs> oh my god. Right. You be like, what? Right. Yeah, yeah. What somebody, you? somebody watches. You goes, these black people doing this and this and that. And we go, what the fuck you say? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But there's no empirical data. There's, there, you can't back that up with anything. It's in your fucking imagination. And that person down south who's doing the spit, spitting that hate shit and mm-hmm. wearing Confederate flags, God bless you. You need help. Mm-hmm. You need a fucking hug. Mm-hmm. Worse than all of us. Out here in California, the part the part that really surprises me is the fact that I, I'll go to people who are liberal. They say something fucked up. I go, you know, that was that's pretty. You should watch that. That's what do you mean? They're offended. You're offended. They're I'm like, a, wait, like they're. Off- I'm like, yo, I'm on your side. Yo, I'm a, like, I'm like, <laughs> yo, yo, like they're yo. A, they they automatically <laughs> dog. You talk. You speaking so much. They're it's offended. They're like, they're like, yo, I'm trying to. I'm. You say you down. I'm trying to big you up so that you don't make the same mistake again. And they're offended. You can't tell me anything. I I I, I, t- I tell you how to shut that down right now because I'm actually writing a book about this because mm. we need because the only way that that the minority population which is older white men mm-hmm. can continue to have power is if we fragment ourselves on this side. So we have to stop doing that. 
one of the ways we fragment ourselves is not being able to tell each other about ourselves, right? Mm. Like I can't tell the liberal white person in California that what you just said was bigoted. And I know you didn't mean it, but listen to a person who's offended by except what you just said. Except the programming, said, yeah. Right? Except, except the fact that, or at least, let's have a conversation. Mm -hmm. Maybe I'm being overly sensitive. Sure. Maybe the black person is being overly sensitive, but we can't even get there because you're offended by me, by me being offended. Right. Like, what the fuck is that? Yeah. You said the offensive shit. Right. And, and if we can come to it where you go, well, damn, you know what? You know what, Skylar? Maybe, Skyler, maybe that's I should, a good white name. Maybe I shouldn't have been offended. Maybe I shouldn't have been offended. Yeah. Ryder and Hunter. Ryder and Hunter, you all guys, great white names. Y'all saw now you, those are some good ones right there. I went to high school with all those guys. Yeah. Um, but, but, yeah, they're good people. Right. But uh, I'm sure some of those are good people too. No, right. I'm kidding. Uh, but uh, it, it's almost like you. we have to be able to have an open dialogue and, and a thoughtful discourse about why can't you believe me that what you said was offensive? Mm. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. It's it's their privilege that doesn't even allow them to listen to somebody who's why, offended. Why don't my feelings matter enough for you to have a conversation why with me? Why don't my feelings matter more than your more than the the, the incongruent sort of uh, um, relationship you have with value? Mm -hmm. So you want to be right, right? And you think that makes you valuable, right? And that's more important than my feelings, right? Okay. Or even more important than even the conversation of telling me why I'm wrong. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't. I don't, I don't mind Absolutely. that. I like to. I like to have these situations because I like to know if maybe I maybe, maybe yeah. I can grow. Right? Maybe I can grow. That's what it's about. All right, hold on, hold on, Mikai, real quick. All of that was very, very deep, and we appreciate it. But now we have to go to the non-deep, which is paying some bills. Finding a dress shirt that fits is nearly impossible. I know this to be a fact. I used to be a much, much bigger guy, and you know. I got to keep the gut on tuck. But sometimes these shirts are cut in ways that I cannot even get into them. Whether it's the cut or the collar or the sleeve, sometimes it feels like something's always off for me. But thankfully, ordering a custom fit shirt has never been easier with proper cloth. At propercloth.com, you can easily create a custom shirt size in seconds by answering 10 simple questions. Choose from over 20 collar styles, 10 cuff styles, and 500 fabric styles. I didn't even know there were 500 fabrics. From classic to business to casual. Even customize your shirt and get the style you want. The team at Proper Cloth works with the best fabric producers and only buys fabrics that meet their high quality expectations. Each one of their shirts goes through extensive quality control testing so you're getting the absolute best quality and craftsmanship. Best of all, Proper Cloth Guarantees a perfect fit. Guarantees. Meaning that if somehow your shirt doesn't fit perfectly, they will remake it for free. For free 99, they'll remake the shirt. Looking better has never been this easy, and it starts at just $80. Stop wearing shirts that don't fit and start looking your best with a custom-fitted shirt. Go to propercloth.com backslash pill today and gift code P-I-L-L -L to save $20 on your first shirt. That's propercloth backslash pill and gift code p-i-l-l -L. go get yourselves a shirt that fits man stop looking all bummy and stuff like that that's ridiculous man just, come on man there's people out here in society they're watching you all right let's get back to me cobb man good conversation going so you're jimmy olsen yeah sometimes so you're you're jimmy olsen uh supergirl when i first started watching supergirl i was like yo this guy's name is james olsen <laughs> 
<laughs> I don't know if you guys have watched much the Superman shit, yeah. media in the past. James Olsen is notoriously Caucasian. He's Scandinavian. I, is he? Yeah, Olsen. Olsen, yeah. So he was Scandinavian. He was, first of all, freckly. He was, he was freckly. He was Scandinavian. He was small. He was James Olsen, Jimmy Olsen was as different from this motherfucker as you could possibly get. This dude is like six foot six. He looks like he's a goddamn, what are you, about 235, something like that? About 240. About 240. I'm 6'4", though. I'm not 6'4". So, 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 like, Jimmy Olsen, totally different. Completely different. So, first of all, a couple questions on that. Yeah, let's go. What did you think about the idea of taking, uh, because there's a conversation Mm -hmm. about how African Americans should be recognized in comic book media, and I know that that sounds like a stupid thing to discuss, but no, not at all. The the, the all. earliest heroes that you have are sometimes heroes that you relate to when you're right. a child, right, 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 and right. so you see these people and you want to emulate them. There's a conversation about retconning um, already existing characters and making them minority, right. rather than take, creating new ones. Creating new ones, um, right. and there have been people that have talked about this, like. Making Jimmy Olsen black is not as dope as making a brand new black character and starting a new mythology. Did you give any thought to how you felt about that this is, when, this, you, this when, is, you, when you kind of took the role? This is the first time I'm, I'm hearing about that, but it's interesting because I think that, I think that the right thing to do is to, um, how do you put this? Okay, so Jimmy Olsen was created in 1940, Yeah. right? Back to that monochromatic existence we were talking about by Jack Kirby. Yeah. He didn't see black people. Mm. And if he did, he was a porter carrying his suitcase or he was... Elevator operator. Elevator operator, you know, and they said 11 words to each other in a week. Mm-hmm. He didn't know that this person had feelings and thoughts and, and dealt with bullying in their own communities. And they, 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 they didn't, they didn't um, um, personify us yeah. in the way that, that, that they're able to now, right? So mm-hmm. I think righting the wrongs of the past is putting a, a culturally diverse people into the roles that are already established. Hmm. It helps because there's already a canon, there's already a fan base, right? right. And if that fan base wants to go away mm-hmm. because the color, the, the skin tone has changed, fuck them. Right. Go, I, go be racist somewhere else. Was there anyone who was like, yo, this ain't Jimmy Olsen? There's a lot, man. Really? I, I just don't, I don't pay attention to it. Right. I don't pay attention to it. So in, in the, um, a lot of people have a lot of things to say about. Look, my girl says this. She she she's not from America, but she goes, America. Everybody's always mad about something. It's true. And we're like, and she and she just doesn't get it. I'm just like, yeah, you're right. Like everybody's mad about something here. Like, and then when they get over that, they find something else to be mad about. They yeah, get over that, of, they find it's a lot of outrage, not a lot of outreach. Right. You know what I mean? That's a, that's a great phrase. A lot of outrage, not a lot of outreach. Absolutely. So you, so Supergirl likes you on the show. She they love me. I love them. No, but yeah. Supergirl, the oh, character, she yeah, likes you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She likes you on the show. Uh, we we had a romantic thing happen the first season. I remember that. Yeah. How do, how do you how does that work? You're human. How can you fuck Supergirl? I was thinking the same thing. We actually had conversations about that. You had um, conversations about how because because I I used to always oh, have yeah, this yeah, thought like, yeah, because yeah, Superman yeah, and yeah, Lois Lane were together, like, right? Yeah, yeah. And like <laughs> Superman can't really have sex with Lois Lane, right? Because yeah, he would just beat that into oblivion, right? It would I come mean, right. Like, he was he it would yeah. come right out of her back. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Like, like all the ribs would be broken. All the ribs would be broken. I mean, come on now, yeah. And so and so you as Jimmy Olsen, even though you're a brother and you yeah, know you're I, like I a mean, linebacker, it's still got to be. You'd have to have a dick like eleven midget fists. Yeah, something like any impact. Yeah, it's Supergirl. Did you guys think about that? 
when like how does Jimmy Olsen have sex with Supergirl? She's Kryptonian. I mean, there was talk about that in the writers' room. I mean, I wouldn't say the writers' room. I said there was talk about that on in the production. Right. And it was just as jokes, right? Right. But like, you know, like. You can, I, you, I'd be afraid. I mean, in real life, I'd be afraid. I'm like, of course you what, would. What if, what if she gets too excited? What if she gets too excited? Because sometimes they get excited and then just it just comes just, off. Whoop. And then yeah, here's the thing. Or she sneezes. Or she sneezes. Right. And then because she has such a reputation as saving people, she's really going to try to hide all evidence of this, right? Because she can't. <laughs> like, like if, she, if Supergirl fucks around and so kills stupid. you, she's probably going to burn the rest of your body with the heat vision <laughs> because she can't. She can't let that. She's got or, her. She's her purpose is bigger than just you. Right. She's like, oh my god, I gotta get rid of this. If you died during praying mantis sex with, <laughs> with, with a superhero, right. You're getting buried. It's true. You're getting buried. What is it like to be a part of like a, a mythology that large, man? The characters that are so iconic. Everybody, my, you know, when I was a kid, my dad used to get me to wake up by telling me that Superman was at the door. Oh, wow. You know what I mean? So I, I'm going back with this comic shit a long time ago. Yeah, yeah, what, yeah. Did, did you feel? What does it mean to be a part of that? Like a lot to a lot of people, you're Jimmy Olsen. I, it's an honor, man. But I didn't realize how big of an honor it was. You know, at first, like you know, I, I mean, at first I was like, wow, you know, they, you give me a call back and all. I'm just like, why you going white? What, what are you, what are you doing? Oh, you didn't know at first they were gonna go black. No, I mean they, they weren't. It was just, it was, it just happened to be they liked me and they liked this other guy who was not, who was not a black guy. So. It was they. They just wanted the, the actor that they wanted. Wait, so it wasn't their goal from the beginning to make no. Jimmy Olsen? No, that yes guy kind of make you feel good. He was like, I beat I've, history. I've done. <laughs> Nobody cared though. Right. Nobody cared. Like oh, okay, you're a reporter. Like all right. All right. But then I became a, a superhero guardian, which was also a white character. Yeah. Um. But the, 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 that's that's neither here nor there. I'm saying like I think I think here's the thing. I think if they had written Jimmy Olsen in 1985, might be Asian. Mm. Might be a woman. Right. Might be a Latino guy. Right. They had written The Guardian in 2000. Might be a black dude anyway. Like, this this, yeah. is, this really should. Might be transgender. Right. Wouldn't be a big deal. So, I think the reason people are flipping out is because we're changing the, the I think, the old bad ideas that mm. we had in history and we're, and we're, and we're challenging them. But it's that weird has because, to happen. It has to because happen. They, they, uh, there was some talk that Henry Cavill wasn't going to be Superman and they were looking to recast Superman and the name that got floated was Michael B. Jordan. And talking to everybody around the office like Superman can't be Michael B. Jordan, Superman's black. I'm like, uh, super, like Superman's white. I'm like, he's, Superman's he's, not even from this fucking planet. Yeah, he's from Krypton. He's from Krypton. Yeah. And, and guess what? Thank you. He... Why do people look like Mitt Romney's sons on Krypton? <laughs> I, don't get, I, don't, I don't get it. Like, why is Superman gotta look like a version of Tag Romney right. all the time? Right. Like, it's like, like, it's like why does James Bond have to be like James Bond does not look like Ian Fleming's version I've of James said, Bond? I've said it a million times. People talk about James Bond. I was like, never anywhere in James Bond's uh, uh, mythology does it say that James Bond is a specific ethnicity. It never says that. Also, we have this we have this incredible, incredible image of um, incredibly inc inc incorrect image of of Jesus being Scandinavian, mm -hmm. and he looked like an Arab person. Yeah, he did. Of Period. One hundred percent. And that right there, one hundred percent, because Jesus is really the biggest superhero in history. In history. I think that that right there drives a lot of people's versions of and their visions should I say of heroism and of saviors absolutely. because all of these stories absolutely. are retelling of the Jesus story anyway. Superman absolutely. definitely absolutely. Is. And so 
every superhero every superhero story is the god myth right so when you look at that when you have that sort of vision of jesus uh it kind of gets re like batman and superman look exactly alike almost like they look like the same character when you they look, all look like tag Rummy. yeah exactly when yeah, you like when, when you when you look at them <laughs> it's just uh it's interesting are there any lessons that because you know first of all what do you think about michael b jordan as superman I think I think that'd be fantastic. That'd be great. Uh, Michael's I've known Michael. Jeez, maybe maybe close to ten years. Oh, you've known him for a while. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's a he's a great dude. Um, How much pussy would you say that he was getting at the height at the height of it? What do you mean? Right now? This, no, right now, he's right? got a, he's got a girlfriend. So I mean, he's got a girlfriend. So it's not it's not happening right now. We're gonna keep we're gonna keep Michael B. Jordan's. The, but like, just think you were around him. I don't I don't know him. Like that, like that now. Yeah. But uh, I'm. I could say how much was being thrown at him. A lot, huh? A lot. Yeah. Yeah. More, more, more than you can catch. That's that's gotta be more, crazy. More can you imagine catch. being Michael B. Jordan? That's so weird. Maddie, I, I, I couldn't. Ima- I couldn't imagine being anybody but myself. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I love being me. I know, because so. it was the same thing, wasn't it? Yeah. I, your, I've had my days. Your girl's here, so we're not gonna talk about it. My girl doesn't care. She's, really? She's she's very she's very accepting. Oh, yeah. and also, yeah. also also honesty is the best thing. Like it's like that's what creates the strongest relationships. Oh wow! So you so mind she, if I? So she knows uh, everything about me. Uh, Mikad's very lovely uh, girlfriend is here. Do you mind if I ask him? <laughs> Knock yourself out, she says. So yeah, I'm not gonna say anything that she doesn't already know. Why? Oh, okay. No, so like, at, not, like that's my best friend. We so at the height, that's the way it should be. By the way, yeah, that, that's the only way it works. That's the way it should be. That's by the, the way, way because that way, if she ever. You know, happens upon a browser history, then she's like, you know how I am already. Yeah, she's like, she's um, like, oh, you nasty. So did you did you have those those errors? Because you know, ladies, the ladies are into you. You know what I'm saying? Ladies like you. Did you have those errors of just going crazy? Yeah, you did. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> did it did it sidetrack you at all? Because a lot of guys say sometimes uh, everyone says that you get in there and you you can kind of get off, you can fall off into the you know the the pleasures of the opposite sex and then you're you're gone for a couple of years it happens right i mean i mean it's 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 for me it's like this like so like take a pie chart right of your time it's going to be good take a pie chart of your time right yeah right it's going to be good i can already when, when niggas start talking about pie charts <laughs> that's how you know like yeah. i thought about this right <clears throat> and this is this is how i got out of that situation or that situation how i got out of that uh, that that's how you know you was getting too much pussy when it was a situation <laughs> It's like it's not. Is this how I got out of that situation? That was that. Yeah, it was. A, I'm, I'm not gonna lie. Like there, there'll be times I'm just sitting at home by myself, and and you know. Mm-hmm. Did you ever have sex with Sarah Palin? Would I? Did you? No. Okay. What? What kind of question is that? Oh no! Like I, I read this story about how Sarah Palin had sex with Glenn Rice back in '89. Yeah. So every time I meet a, a prominent <laughs> black guy, I ask him, "Yo, did you ever fuck Sarah Palin?" Because I no, keep waiting for somebody no, to be like, no, "Yes." No no, 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 no. Wouldn't that be a story? Think about what the kind of story we'd have today no. if Mikhail said he had had sex with Sarah Palin. I, even if I did, I wouldn't. I wouldn't admit it. You wouldn't tell anyone if you had sex with Sarah Palin. I mean, probably. I mean, I'd be embarrassed. You? I'd be embarrassed. What's who is the hottest conservative woman in the world? I don't know her name because I don't pay attention to them. Well, so uh, what she look like? She's um, well. There's two. There's two. I think Megan McCain is beautiful because of her because of how she carries herself. Megan McCain, her mind, and, right. you know, like she's like she's and she's beautiful. Yeah. And there's the other one who's in, she's not smart at all, but she she's. What does she look like? She's blonde. They're all blonde. They're yeah. all conservative. Are you talking about you talking about Tommy Lauren? Aren't you? There you go. Tommy Lauren. That's the only one I know. Right. Would you would you date? Would you like date? Yeah. No. (laughs) 
can't, you can't date somebody who who. All right. Look, if you can't, you know what the fucking thing about the top you line can't is, use Google because you lie so much, right? Or, or like you, or any fact check would make your head explode. It, you can't go. To Tommy Lauren is obviously <clears throat> she's she knows better. She's yeah, she, she knows, but she but she better. but she's so fucked up that I don't even look at her as cute. I, I agree with you, hundred yeah, percent. I, I was just trying to answer your question. Aesthetic. I don't really know anybody. Yeah, I don't really know, like. I don't know you anybody like, in that side. You like Ann Coulter? Oh God. <laughs> This is wrong. I, I, I would like Ann Coulter to to think about what she says. More. Yeah, I would like her to think about yeah. what she says when I am. So, um, for for oh pie chart, pie chart. Give me the pie chart. So you have you have this pie chart of your time. Right? Mm -hmm. So you have this much of your time is spent doing this. This much of your time is spent doing this. This much of your time is spent. Whether or not like you love sex or whatever the case is, and you might have sex for 20, 45 minutes, right? Yeah. But it took you fifteen, nine, maybe whatever. Yeah, yeah. Two each time. Ten, right? eleven. Yeah. Uh, sometimes it's your birthday. <laughs> right. Eight, eight and a half. Eight and a half. <laughs> <laughs> right. Like, what is, how long is a commercial break? Right. No, exactly. But, so, mm -hmm. but if you're not in a relationship, that might take you two, three hours to get to that point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you might have another hour or two of like you know just winding down before you get, before you go to sleep and get some rest. Mm -hmm. Six hours. Mm. You do that three, four nights a week, five nights a week. Yeah, it's a lot of your That's time. That's a full time job. Yeah. So then eventually you go, hey, I'm, I'm not getting paid for this shit. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm like, I'm not progressing. Diminishing returns. Exactly. And also, and diminishing returns within your energy. Like, like it's it's an energy exchange. Right. Talk about that. You have to have a strong washing machine if you're gonna fuck a lot of people. Mm. Colors to it, like like you're 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 chest to chest with somebody. You're inside that person, like you're you're eye to eye. If if you like intimacy, and you are sharing your experiences with this person, and you're sharing the emotional state that you are currently in at that moment in time, that space and time with yeah. that person, they're doing the same. Hopefully, right? Mm -hmm. um, if it's consensual, and yeah. should um, be by it, the way, by the way, it should be right. It's my point. Yeah, and therein lies an energy exchange, right? You're you're putting out time and effort to get something that you want. They're putting out time and effort to get something that you want. And there's a cat and mouse game that's being played sometimes between men and women, and which I think is wrong. Mm -hmm. Like my girl, the reason I'm with my girl right now, the reason we even met was because I was leaving. She goes, where are you going? I go, huh? She goes, where are you going? I go, I, mm -hmm. she goes, oh, great, smart. Wow. Goes, what are you drinking? I go, she goes, oh, really smart. Whoa! So, uh, she pulled you. She pulled me. So what I'm saying is, wow! I, I come from I come from the lady of, pimp alert. I come from the give school. it up for her right now for pulling me, Kyle Brooks, man. I come from the school of thought that like yeah. that like that there shouldn't be that cat and mouse game. It takes too long. It shouldn't be the cat and mouse game that, that that creates that creates competition and dominance between sexes. Mm -hmm. Like if a woman knows what she wants, she should stand in that and be like, yes, this is what I want. Mm -hmm. And I think that that sometimes is what messes up the. Um, how do I say this carefully? That's got us into this cultural sort of uh, 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 climate that we're in now, where people are having to specify what 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 is. What is consent? And how do I consent? Like, no, like just stand in what you want. Yeah. Like we 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 play these really really ridiculous games and these competitive games and these zero sum games. I gotta get this. I gotta get her. And you know, boom boom boom. But it's 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 it, it's not supposed to work that way. Isn't all of that almost entirely men's fault though? 
Haven't we put women into a situation yes. where we make it incredibly difficult for them to articulate and stand in what they want? I wasn't assigning blame, but I agree with you. I, I assign blame only no, no, no. if it's to men. I, I, <laughs> no, here's the thing. Here's the thing. It's almost like saying, okay, so we have this, we have this sort of uh, this Disney princess sort of mythology that we bestow upon young women. Yeah. Where it, it's we, some knight in shining armor is going to come retrieve you from from the depths of your own yeah. existence. Right. Right. Like I remember in high school, we would be in class and and we have like career day. And like, hey, what do you want to be? And somebody, I'm a fire. I want to be a fireman. Da, da, da. And we had like three or four girls in my class were like, I want to be a good wife and mom. Yeah. I'm like, you 15. <laughs> I looked at him like I'm like that's not what you want. Right. That's not, not what you want right now. Come on. Right. That's not what you want. Right. And they're like, well, yeah, it is. I'm like, no, really? They're like, well, I guess maybe. I'm like, so we we have this sort of thing where, especially from Texas, and I can only speak from where I'm from, is that we we bestow this certain image that we try to put women into or young girls into as these princesses, rather than the why can't they be generals themselves? Mm -hmm. Why can't they be in charge of the army themselves? Why can't they be the knight in shining armor? Mm -hmm. Right? Like, why can't why can't we be on, on an equal playing field from from that right. and that mentality? And so then we grow up and we're like, oh, she's not a princess. Right. Oh, she's not chaste. Yeah. Oh, she's not she's not pious. Right. Da, da, da. And so girls kind of feel the need, like, because they're they feel they feel the pressure of being judged by men when they are acting. Uh, sexually promiscuous mm -hmm. or, or, or um, sexually free, sexually uninhibited. Yeah, yeah. Well, what, what, which is normally promiscuous. Yeah. Which, so w w whatever your proclivity may be, right? Sure. So, so sexually inhibited freedom, mm -hmm. freedom of, of of your body, freedom of your spirit, freedom of your consciousness, mm -hmm. and, and manifesting it in that way. Most men feel insecure and and want and want to uh, sort of uh, minimize them back into that princess myth. Yeah, they want they want them to conform right. to that because so, they feel like their lives aren't complete unless they can right. attract the type of woman that they are always told that they were supposed to have. Right. And that's, and that's that is the collective male ego. We yeah. fucked that up. We really fucked that up. And we've and we've it's because we've we've we sort of led the power dynamic. Mm -hmm. We fucked women up in that. Right. And I think that we have to just press reset. We just gotta start over. How's been? Uh, how has being on a show with a female lead, that's tons and tons of girl power, right? On Supergirl, uh, how has that realigned the way you look at the how things go in this business and in society? Has it? I'm not sure if it, it's done more for me personally. Okay, it made me realize I was sexist as fuck. Yeah, I read that. Like. Not, not. How that. could you have been sexist though? If you're, if you're sexist with all of this shit that you're talking, then the rest of us are really fucked up. <laughs> well, I'm not. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Every single man on this planet is sexist. Every single man. Well, we 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 grow up in a patriarch, uh, a controlled society. We yeah. grow we grow up in a, in a in a male dominant dominated dynamic, right? Yeah. So if we're products of that and we have not questioned it, then mm, yes, that's true. If your ideas, the questioning just begun. Right, because yeah. if your ideas are coming from a sick patriarchal point of view, then yes. If you have normal ideas in a sick patriarchal point of view, yeah, you're sexist. You're sexist. And it doesn't mean that you're hurting people. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean that you're that you're violently sexist. It doesn't mean that you're aggressive. It just means that maybe step back and go, when are my interactions with women different than they are with men? Mm -hmm. Mine were. Mine were. I found myself lying to women that I loved. I found myself not being able to tell them the truth about how promiscuous I wanted to be. Yeah. Right. I found I found myself not telling the truth about certain things I would tell my boys. Right. Mm -hmm. 
And like, what the fuck does that mean? Like the woman I'm waking up next to, the woman I love, I say I do at the time. And I, I, I can't tell her, this, she doesn't have the same information as my homeboy does. That's sexist to you. That's fucking sexist. Yes. Yeah. That, that means that I'm competing against you to see who's gonna hurt you, who, who's gonna hurt who worse. Mm. We're in a competition. And that's not right. We're not supposed to do that. Hmm. That that's a, that's part of the pie chart. It's a waste of fucking time. Right. Yeah. Now I get that's you. Two hours a day you're wasting. It's an hour and a half a day you're wasting on on, on trying to uh, 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 fulfill a facade with 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 information. So it's like it doesn't make sense. Mm -hmm. So sexism is an impediment to all of us. It's an impediment to, to male growth. It's an impediment to female growth. Obviously, mm -hmm. it's an impediment. It's an impediment to our relationships, and. If we keep doing this, we're just gonna sit, we're just gonna continue to fragment ourselves. Continue How'd you start acting, man? How'd you get How'd you get here? Sucked all the dicks, man. Now oh, shut the oh, fuck man. up, man. <laughs> <laughs> all this of fucking them. Guy. All of them. How'd you um, like how, Like how'd you Where Where did it start for you? Like I was fifteen. And my mom kind of put me in this program called uh, called Leap Le Leadership Enrichment Arts Program at UT, mm -hmm. right? And we 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 saw people who looked like us doing opera for the first time mm. and musical theater and at the end of the program we had to write and direct and produce and act in our own short plays and mm. it was amazing and I, I, I never forget I met this opera singer who was singing in like Italian and Russian and, and French and I met him backstage and he was just tall like six five six six mm. you know I'm like so I don't think he speaks English that well yeah. so he looks but he looks like me yeah. I go so where are you from? Uh -huh. He's like, Houston, brother. Yeah. What? I go, you? You from Houston? He's like, yeah. He's yeah. Like, I'm from down the street. I'm like, what? Uh -huh. Where do you live? He goes, Geneva. I go, Switzerland? Right. I was like, this is some shit we can do? Right. Like, we can't just, oh, oh, oh. So mm -hmm. it, it caused me to expand my consciousness, expand my mind a little bit. And I was like, maybe what I thought were normal jobs, maybe there's more to it than that. Right. right. Your so, dad being a ball player, you didn't want to do that. I did. I wanted to play. I wanted to be in the NBA. Yeah. And and I was on. I was on route, but it it, it it I lost interest at 16, 17. Where? Right. You know, I was all state as a junior, preseason all American as a senior. Like I was. I was on the road, and my dad and I, and, and it wasn't a pipe dream because I knew how to. Like my dad, I'd seen somebody do it, mm -hmm. or I'd experienced. Uh, it was in the life of of someone who done it, and uh, my stepfather raised me though. Okay. He was an attorney, civil okay. rights civil rights attorney. Okay. Um, so coming, coming into acting was hard because like both my parents, my mom's a journalist, so both my parents were like, um, academics and like, that ain't no job. Mm. And I got into Yale. I got, I got into really good school. So they're like, you went to Yale? No, I went to USC. Okay. Yeah. And Why? Like, Cause they had, they, it was the Harvard of film schools. Mm. Right. So I, I wanted to learn how to do that. So you went to, so you go home to your uh, journalist mom, mm -hmm. you've gotten accepted into Yale. Yep. And you say you're going to SC. You're going to hang out with Reggie fucking Bush. Uh, or like what? <laughs> like like you, like your mom, you think? Imagine this. Your kid no, yeah, gets yeah, into yeah. Yale. Yeah. And then you, they go. What does she say? She said you're going to Yale. Mm. I said no, I'm not. Wow. She goes you going to Yale? I said no, I'm not. She should and, and bust your ass. She, I think she did. <laughs> I'm pretty sure she did. Right. And then I, I remember saying this and kind of shut the conversation down. I said, Mom, I love you, but at a certain point in time, I'm going to have to be upset with myself or be grateful to myself for the decisions that I make in my adult life. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. I was 18. Right. And so she's like, yeah. That's and she was she was kind of proud of that, but at the mm-hmm. same time, you know, it, 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 there was there was some contention there for a while. Sure. Yeah. When when you were in your competitive phase, uh. As an actor, was there any one specific performer or any other actor that you were like, yo, I got to beat him out? Was there another guy that was coming up alongside beside you that you that you kept running into at auditions that you kept seeing? Well, I mean, when I first got in the game, I mean, like Derek Luke was killing it. Tyrese was killing it. Um, there was a lot of people that were, they're a little older than me, but like they're, 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 peer, they're your peer group, right? Yeah. So I was kind of like, I never, I never thought I should catch up to them, but I, I, I admired what they had accomplished mm-hmm. quickly. Right. Um, but I was always competing with myself. I was always competing with the old ideas I have of myself. Mm. Honestly, like I was, and, and I kind of knew I had my own lane because I wasn't, I was never going to sell out and do some. I was never going to exploit my race. Yeah. Was to, there a lot of that? Get, was there like a lot of like? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Wanted you to play specific roles? Yeah, yeah, Were there yeah, still roles course. that you decided you didn't want to play? Or or, or 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 times I would go in and and audition for these roles and and like before I even auditioned, they were like, "Come on, man, you, you can't be gangster. You can't be gangster." I had people tell me that before I opened my mouth. Like you can't be gangster. I, I heard people tell me that before I opened my mouth, and I'm, I, I've had more guns pulled on me than, than half the rappers you had on the show. Yeah. So this is what it is. They they made a snap judgment because you were articulate, or there you go. Wow. So here's the There's thing: that liberal racism well, again. Well, no, these were black people. Damn. Then that's and 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 well, here's what we call it. Y'all to treat me kind of like that back in the day. <laughs> I'm disappointed in you, brothers and sisters. But it's 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 more like this: that fictive language we're talking about. Mm-hmm. It, it has power on both ends. Mm-hmm. So it, 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 it gives power to the perpetuator of the, of the fictionalized bad idea. And also the racy, the person receiving mm-hmm. this hatred, gives it power by engaging in it, mm. right? So we got to remove that power source. Take it away. Disengage. How? I have a strong belief that the final step of the civil rights movement is applying the civil rights movement to our consciousness. Hmm. So we can't say that we're free if we still cling to the word black. Whenever you whittle anything down to a word, it's a lie. Hmm. I'm not just black. You're not just black. I love being black, though. Me too. Wait, wait, wait. It's yeah. got nothing to do with, with with like or love or wrong or right or attachment or not. Mm-hmm. It is what is synonymous with the word black in America is criminality. It is oversexed. Mm-hmm. It is undervalued. It is all these things that we can turn on its head. We can fight. Yeah. But our ancestors did not fight for us to continue to be black. They can they they fought for us to be free. So if our mind, or sorry, if our bodies are free, which they are, mm-hmm. and our education systems are becoming free. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and the social programs that we're coming free, the more we vote. And, and, and we can move all these things in this tangible world forward, but do we still have the consciousness of somebody who's enslaved? Mm-hmm. And so what, for, what that means to me is that we have, to, we have to sort of come up with how do we disengage the power plug of racism? Mm-hmm. Like it, you, it, their mental illness needs a target. Right. If I just go, no. Well, what do you mean by that? I've had I've had some really racist experiences happen to me 
lately, in the last three, four years, I'll say yes in Hollywood, yes in life, both, both, both arenas. And what I've learned to do is stand gravitationally heavy in the, in the fact that I know I, I have inalienable rights. Sure. Like a white person does. Mm-hmm. All right. So if we're considering that this fictive language of race, of skin tone, did not affect our consciousness, mm-hmm. we're lying to ourselves. Hmm. If for hundreds of years somebody told you you were different, and hundreds of, hundreds of years somebody put something upon you that you never agreed to, I think all humans are really, we, we, we think something is fair if we agreed to it. All right. Like Maddie, you're a producer, right? You're broke as shit, right? Okay, okay, fine. <laughs> He's half broke. But you agreed to being this type of producer. And that agreement, go ahead, sorry. No, no, yeah. And that agreement that you made, you can wake up every day and go, there's certain aspects of my life that I have to deal with because of the agreements that I made. I never agreed to being black. I never agreed to your definition of blackness and what that is. Mm-hmm. Not you, but this world. Mm-hmm. So the part that becomes unfair is, did we agree to these terms? Who do I sue? Mm-hmm. Who the fuck do I sue? Can I talk to management? <laughs> like, can I, excuse me, I never agreed. What do you say to someone that says the answer to those questions is in an intellectual and cultural redefinition of those sort of parameters? Meaning black people, since we've been in America, we have in a lot of ways. Since Roanoke. For ourselves. For, yes. Yeah. yeah. Really. I mean, because. All of these things didn't really apply to us historically before no. Middle Passage because we had a obviously very beautiful and thriving culture that continues to be beautiful and thrive mm-hmm. over there. But in, um, <clears throat> what would you say to people that say, yo, the way to address that is to create standards for ourselves mm-hmm. that we can adhere to because only we really know us. Only mm-hmm. we really know what goes on in our communities and um, – what our true goals and desires are, and even the small little idiosyncrasies of what it means to be a black American. Only we know us. So rather than uh, an elimination of a definition, what would you say to a changing of who defines? If we define ourselves, then maybe we could be a little bit freer in what it means to be black. That's exactly what, 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 uh, we're having the same point. Mm -hmm. We never agreed to what the definition of blackness is. Yeah. That was agreed upon before you were born. That yeah. was agreed upon before I was born. Mm-hmm. And that definition was put on us. Right. And one day we-, we What's we, the new definition? We accepted it, right? So, beyond blackness. I don't know what the new, what the new definition is. I do know this, that the only, the only person that can fix a problem it has to start with the person receiving the problem, mm. right? So racism, racism, racist, and racy. I consider myself the racy. I'm, re- I'm the one receiving the unfair treatment. Yeah. And because of that, I'm the only one who's really concerned about fixing it. Or you're the only one who's really concerned about fixing it, right? Mm. So it has to come from a place of, this is, this is what I really believe, understanding that you're dealing with a mental illness if somebody were to, if a mental illness attacks somebody's own mind, right? So mm-hmm. like basically like this, like the only reason we haven't 
said that racists are mentally ill is because there's a stigma attached to mental illness. Mm -hmm. And we don't want to stigmatize them. Also because <laughs> racism is so old and so ingrained in America. Yeah, but 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 you but you can have foundations built on mental illness. Sure. You had you had you had ill kings who, who put things in the law. Yeah. And they're still laws sometimes, yeah. right? So but, but what I'm saying is this if you had people and, and and here's the thing, racism is fucking new. It's really, really new. It came from the Dutch East Indian Company. Like mm -hmm. like we all know how it started. Well, some of us know how it started. It, it the Dutch East Indian Company was kidnapping Africans from East Africa mm -hmm. and and migrating them around the world. And the Dutch East Indian Company was a uh, publicly traded company, right? You could buy stock into it. Mm -hmm. It's an Amsterdam. They started training their sailors and their captains and their stockholders that the people that they were kidnapping were of low moral fiber. Were monsters. Right. Were this they in were order this, to normalize they, it. In order to normalize it. In order to, to, to gain investment. Yeah. This wasn't. This wasn't supposed to last for centuries. Right. This was a business move that we've now taken on as a people, as a culture. Right. So I would say this: we're we're giving so much power to something that doesn't exist. Mm -hmm. So I don't know what the next step is, but I know we haven't tried one thing yet: being above it, being completely above it. Now that wouldn't save Trayvon Martin's life. Yeah, that wouldn't save Tamir Rice's life. What is what does being above it mean to you? Not accepting it. I have racist things happen to me all the time, just like you, mm -hmm. and I just don't accept it. And I go, I, it's a foreign concept to me. Right. Or it's the same as the dude going, man, we got to stop these motherfucking leprechauns from raping these zebras. Uh, right, <laughs> right. I treat them the same way. I go, wow. Mm -hmm. Yeah. If if a dude's walking down the street and he's he's he got Vietnam vet written on his chest like in in, in marker mm -hmm. and he hasn't bathed in four days mm -hmm. and he's yelling nigger 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 mm -hmm. you're like I'm not fucking with him yeah but if he's in a suit you fucking with him I guess the I guess the difference in that situation would be that the guy in the suit has the opportunity to affect your life whereas the Vietnam vet guy doesn't kind of yeah yeah, yeah. so. Racism, I tell people all the time. I think, I think racism, how you determine uh, the ability to be racist is, is if, that if that person has the power, if that person is in a system that has the power to affect your quality of life mm -hmm. or your safety. Right. right. Yeah. So why do they have the ability to affect the quality of our life still to this day? Why? The, the, the answer to that question to me is, is because... Well, you know, without offending Maddie and, and, and the guys. Mm -hmm. Well, nah, you're white nigga. Um, uh, but but no, 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 no. Like, if the police stop you, like you white, you, you white. Yeah, yeah. No, no. What I would say seriously is because um, there was a point in uh, uh, Black American history to where we were building uh, thriving communities that were yeah. self sufficient. Absolutely. Um, and a lot of things, both from outside and some of yeah. them from the inside, and some of them from the air. They bombed us in Tulsa. Most of them. Most of them, to be honest with you, from the outside, right. uh, sort of changed those communities and changed those dynamics to where we felt like the metric of American success was how well we did right. beyond the, cult, the the communities that we shared with one Absol another. Absolutely. So we left the definition to uh, a bunch of different people. Right. So now the guy in the suit is the dude that you're going to for a job because he's, he can't ben go, he's benefited from that system. He's benefited from that system. You can't right. go 
to anyone in your community for a job because those power dynamics exist outside of your community. Absolutely. And that's going to be a generational change. That, that'll take 10 to 15, 20 years yeah. to change a system like that. Yeah. I think it'll take a, less, a lot less time than people think. Because we, we got a lot of dudes out there doing good. We got a lot of people out there doing good work now. But it's, a, it's, it's the civil rights movement reaching our consciousness. Reaching so, consciousness. So once again, it's like this. Everything you're saying is right. Mm -hmm. And I'm fully aware, my eyes are completely open of how racist and, 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 how, and, how, and how the racism mm -hmm. stems from a systemic place where, yeah. where a lot of people cannot get out of that environment or they feel that, they, that, that there's no pathway out of that environment. Mm -hmm. However, if the civil, right, civil rights movement reaches our consciousness, then we come up with ideas we never had. Different ways to look at it, things we haven't tried yet. Things we haven't tried yet. Things, things I that, fuck with that. Things that are even not even on our mind. Yet. I fuck with that. It's like, wait, I thought I was black this whole time. Yeah. I thought I had to. I thought I had to to prove. Yeah. That I was better than you. I thought I had to work this much harder than you. I thought I had to do all this stuff because I'm black. I thought I had to. Right. But as soon as you stop going, no, I don't. Yeah. It it become people start giving you what the fuck you deserve. At yeah. least in my life, yeah. that's what's happened. Now, I'm not saying it's going to work the same way with everybody. What I'm saying is I think if enough of us do this to have a critical mass, we will get consciousness behind that idea. And then we can build systems to facilitate the rest of us being successful. I fuck with it so heavy. Me too. That's, I probably, that's my life's goal. That's your life's goal? My life's goal. Y'all give it up for me, Kyle Brooks, right hey, now. Man. Man. This has been enlightening. This dude is so... I, I, you sure you didn't go to Yale? Uh, <laughs> so tell us what I mean. Tell us That's what you. That's Kavanaugh. Kavanaugh, Kavanaugh went to Yale. Yes, yeah. good, good, yeah. good. I'm glad I didn't go now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. Tell yeah. us what else you're working on besides Supergirl, man. I know we can see you on Supergirl. Supergirl is a big deal. I'm doing Supergirl. Uh, uh, Nobody's Fool comes out. A Tyler Perry movie I just did. Okay. Nobody's Fool. What was that like? Incredible. Mm -hmm. Tiffany Haddish. Oh, uh, that joint. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Tiffany Haddish and Tika Sumter. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Two, yeah, two yeah, of my yeah. good friends now. All right. I mean, I've known Tika. For, 1930 but yeah. uh Tiff Tiff is one of my one of my new favorite people on the planet. I love yeah. her. Oh, yeah, she's, she's awesome. Um, I met her I met her like earlier this summer, man. She's You, you should have her come to this. She'll do it. I hopefully she will. Tiff, if you listening to this right I'll now, I'll text her. I'll yeah, text, text her, her, have her come through. Tiff, you got to come do this. Yeah, Tiff, Tiff. Let's call her. Let's call call Tiffany Haddish right now. Hold on. You're on the phone. It's FaceTime. Mhm. Mm That's my homie. Um, uh, I'm doing music as well. I had an album come out I July heard 13th. About this. July yes. 13th. Your boy has directed some videos. Who? Riley. Oh, Riley. Yeah. Hey, man. Shout out to Riley. Cook him. Yeah. Three Cook strikes. Em. Cook him. Cook him. That's my guy. He directed <laughs> some of your videos. Five. 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 Listen, let me tell you guys something right now. There's a guy that you guys are going to be hearing from in the very near future. His name is Riley Robbins. He He's is dope. one of the most talented young directors out here working in this town. Yep. It's just weird that we both share him in common. Yeah, he's like, my guy, man. Yeah, he's, he's, uh, he's a king. He's just, he just needs to find his throne. And he can hit an open corner three. Can he? Yeah. Okay. He shoots it kind of weird. Yeah, I bet he does. He's he, like, he, he doesn't like he can jump. Yeah, he's like, he, he shoots like, it kind of weird. He like kinda, but, he well, like kind of goes towards the goal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He yeah. shoots it kind of weird, but he can hit the open <laughs> corner three, man. Oh, hold on, let's see what she's doing. Let's see what she's doing. What is Tiff doing? Yeah, so the uh, the album came out July thirteenth. It's called May twentieth. What kind of music? I've heard it described as singer songwriter, but it's more like for me, it's more like if Kanye could sing. Oh, I see. Or if 
Or yeah, I don't mean to say that. That's how you said it. Okay. You have you have residual hatred towards him. I don't. I don't. I have a lot of love for the guy, and I, I, I think I think he does have a connection to the universe. I just think he needs to 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 recapture the um, the, the, tiff, the the art of the listening. Tiff just sent you to the voice. Nah, I didn't have any. Uh, oh. Um. Yeah. I, I think got to get in your Wi-Fi probably. Uh, I think I think he maybe just needs to listen to the universe a little, a little longer mm-hmm. <laughs> and t- un- until his voice is not intertwined with it. Yeah. I got you. Yeah. I need to try to, I need to get tuned into the universe. Um, I, 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 don't yeah, I got, I got no, I got no service. You got no service. I don't really listen to the universe as much as I listen to 92.3. <laughs> and so I, 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 I need, like, it is it, weird. Cause like, it's crazy. Cause I get in the car and I listen to 92.3 and I listen to 710 ESPN and I don't listen to the universe enough. Yeah, but you're you're like a hip hop head. Yeah, I love hip hop. Yeah, yeah. All right, cool. Is the universe in hip hop? Absolutely. Of course it is, right? Absolutely. Right, right. Absolutely. Um, I mean, come on, man. Like, Pac was Pac was a portal. Portal of the universe. He to was Pac. a portal. Matt, you got anything else to say before we let me go? No, I thoroughly enjoyed the discussion. Thank you, Matt. Fantastic, yeah, wasn't it? I appreciate it, it brother. Thank you. Well, I think that's where we got to go. We we we, we got to start. We have to bring his thing. We have. A, I'll say this. I'll shut the fuck up. Mm-hmm. We have. Oh, you good, brother? Uh, yeah, I talk a lot sometimes. Yeah. We have a lot of bad ideas, a lot of bad ideas that are clashing with with the, our ever expanding consciousness, which is where all this conflict comes from. So, we have this relationship with these old ideas that we think they make us who we are, and so when those get challenged. We fight, we defend, even if they're bad ideas. Like, I don't even really think racists want to be racist. They just think it's the right thing to do. They do they think just, it's the right thing to do, yeah. They just haven't had the opportunity to go, excuse me, why do you hate me? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I'm, yeah. Why do you hate me? You know what's crazy about that? <laughs> like, why do you hate me? You know what's crazy about that? Yeah. And this is an observation that I made. I'm from Baton Rouge. I root for LSU. There's nothing that people in Baton Rouge love more than LSU football. Right. Nothing. There's I've, nothing I've that they love can, more can, than LSU football, right? Go to an LSU football game and then tell me what you see right. on the field. What The guys you see making the plays, making all the stops, doing all the – who do you see on the field? 85% black. 85% black, right? right. They love everything that these guys' culture allows them to do. If one of these dudes were in trouble, they would, by hook or by crook, do everything that they could Mm -hmm. to get these people out. Mm -hmm. Now, obviously, I know it's because they love the team, Mm -hmm. but I always used to struggle with the fact that they can't take one step back to see how those people are actual people and how a lot of their interests and their lives are at cross purposes with some of the racist things that the people in the stands believed. And I never understood, like if I really hated a bunch of people, I couldn't root for them every Saturday. And so sometimes I would ask people, have you considered whether or not you actually hate them or whether or not like this is something that's been deeply, deeply rooted and hand out to you. You've never even considered whether or not you're really racist or not. Now, to be honest with you, some people have considered it and they just racist. Right, absolutely. And that means you're mentally ill. Right. That's fine. 
That's absolutely fine. You can be mentally ill, and the CDC should look into it. And we should <laughs> no, no, really. And we should have, we should have, we should implement programs where people can get help. Mm -hmm. Listen, if you were to, if you were to tell me right now, hey, Makad, you know, I'm thinking about yelling at a bunch of people and writing horrible signs about people and and, and maybe hurting them and, and 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 maybe even being violent towards them. And, and you know, I, I don't think that's right. I don't feel right about that. There's a hotline you can call. There's a doctor you can go to. There's counseling you can receive. We don't treat racism like that, even though it has the exact same result as somebody who is mentally ill on the verge of hurting people. Mm. What the fuck are we doing? That's, mm. that's, that's what I'm saying. Like, if we, start to, if we start to redefine the conversation as the racy, they're not gonna do it. Mm -hmm. As the racy, we go, wait, what are we accepting here? Mm -hmm. We're accepting something we never agreed to. So let's back that up for a second and figure out what the fuck we want to accept. That's all I'm saying. These are some Yale answers. Give it up one more time for me. <laughs> we out, man. <laughs> Thanks, man.